This sound should ring some bells. This is Thigap Podcast Video Games Part 2. If you have not heard the first part, go back and hear the first part. Welcome one and all. This is Being Brute and to welcome you guys along with me is my dear co-host Bogus Nog. Bogus, what's up? What is up, Brute? Good to be back on the second part of this two-parter special that we're doing. Yes, yes, it's great to be back. First of all, it's not just good because we don't do anything good. We only do things that are great. And if you want to know the difference between the two, in the first season we did an episode called On Goodness and Greatness featuring Lost Adams. Yes, and that is a very rare callback of our previous episodes. Mm. And you can check out the whole first season and the second season up till now. So bogus we've stopped the last episode. Yeah. At the point where how we became psychologist mm-hmm. and deducing personalities depending on how they play a video game. Yeah. I don't yep. think this was ever done before in the history of mankind and we'll be the pioneers if this art catches any fire. And you know that's the reason why people should tune into the Thai Gap podcast Absolutely. because we always talk about things that don't usually get talked about. Yeah. In ways that they don't usually um, talk about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just explain ourselves in uh, one word, Bogus. Mm. Pearls of wisdom. Three words, but that's how sophisticated it's we are. It's ambiguous. Yeah. You know, it's simulation. You will do what we make you believe you can do. Yeah, and how so, can you follow the Thai Gap podcast? Well, glad you asked. Oh you my can- god. <laughs> Every time I got a nickel for someone asking me that question. So, Bogus, mm. how do they know about what we are doing? Well, they can follow us Brut on our socials uh by checking us out on our Instagram at underscore @thigap and at uh, on our Twitter at @thigap and our Facebook at uh, well, @thigap it is. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah, who cares. But we also have an email where they can write to us with mindthigap at gmail.com. Exactly, mindthigap@gmail.com. So simple. Mm. So as we said in the previous episode, the whole two part special on video games is to look at video games as a source of entertainment a source of education of experiences and also maybe personal development and we've covered the aspect of entertainment and yeah. personal development or online gaming in the first part yes video games are a multi dimensional faceted platform softwares wow okay <laughs> i try to make it sound very sophisticated and we've covered two parts of them and I'm, like i said it's a multidimensional so yeah. there are a lot of dimensions yeah. we're looking at it yeah. but because we are the pioneers and we make people's lives simple mm. we are just covering four of them yeah okay yeah. out of which we already covered two yeah so i want to ask you a very direct question bogus are you ready for it well let me get ready once <laughs> shoot if your life was a video game mm what video game would you want it to be wow did you see that coming um yeah because I we just... prepared for it kind of <laughs> stop spilling the beans no they i'm don't completely know caught what we have we don't know what we have no bro i was completely caught off guard yeah. by that question um, i saw the precipitation on your forehead yeah if my life or if i had to let me repeat that yeah okay to simplify your life too mm If your life was a video game, mm. which video game do you want it to be? Or you mean which world would I want to live in? Yeah, I mean like you can make abridged versions of this question. 
like mm. you always do and yeah. give an answer which is completely unrelated to the question i ask mm. but yes which word yeah i have two games mm-hmm. that i would pick mm-hmm. one is of course grand theft auto because it's it is just grand. Uh, it is grand and you know you can live your life the way you want yeah and, no rules um the opportunities are limitless yeah in that game to absolutely. do whatever you want absolutely that's just fun and uh, the other world that i would really want to live in would be of the witcher the witcher 3 mhm so there are two parts of witcher before the witcher 3 yeah what's the difference well it's continuation of the same story but witcher 3 is one of the most successful games ever made mhm every it's just a perfect combination of graphics story characters dialogues plot everything is just perfection oh so basically what you are trying to tell me mm. is you want to be henry cavill in a simulation no because henry cavill played witcher I know, in the witcher but, web series but i'm talking about the world itself and where you are henry cavill i'm not henry cavill <laughs> yes, you know yes you are no the world of witcher 3 is if i can paint a picture yes you know, please it is i wait for these segments of our episode where you go on that monologue right it is set in the 11th or 12th century mhm where there are supernatural elements peak of the dark arts yeah there's a lot of dark arts going on yes yes but there's also a lot of natural beauty and splendor mm-hmm. and there is a simple way of living your life mm-hmm. where you live or die by your honor mm. and uh, it's not as complicated as modern day life it is not as soulless right so that serenity that closeness with nature you know that's what i really enjoy about mm. the world and the architecture and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you wanted to be in a world where it's kill and let live. Yeah, pretty much. Got Simpler it. rules. Got it. Got it. What about you, bro? Well, I I mean, I was not prepared for this question to be very honest. Mm. But uh Prince of Persia. Have you ever played Prince of Persia, the non-DOS version? Sands of Time. Yeah. I've played that, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to be that plainly because uh like you said it's a world yeah. you live in right yeah it is so rich mm. at least the way they portrayed mm. the princess is ridiculously gorgeous yeah right uh and that's about it <laughs> <laughs> what else so, do you want in life you don't care about the hot desert nah nah the sweatiness nah, 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 nah. i don't know, care the as long as the hot girl is mine right you know <laughs> that's as simple as it gets so you don't even care about the sands of time with which you can turn back time a little bit so you have the advantage of time travel that's the beauty right like every single time i'm cornered mm. it's sands of time time bitches yeah. <laughs> like let me turn back the clock I I will never even go like the prelude that you get yeah. before you where the princess is kidnapped or you are taken away yeah. and all I would not even allow the game to go <laughs> beyond that point okay I'll just live in the initial stage where it's all happy ah you know happily ever before that's, that's <laughs> that will be the tag of my life what a great line happily ever before yeah <laughs> that's that's uh, I think the motto of every married man wow yeah what a great follow <laughs> Happily ever before for married men. Thigh gap subscribe. And share. And, and share. share. And share. So, bro, but I think you had a different answer. I think there is one more game that you the had. The game that I like the most. Oh, yeah. The game that you like the yeah, most. Yeah, the game that I like the most was the different versions of Age of Empires. Right. You have Age of Mythology. Then you have Age of blah, blah, blah. Like the yeah, three, yeah. four different versions. And mm. I played all of them. Mm. And that was one game I really liked. 
it is a very weird game to like i was surprised by myself because it's a game of a lot of patience and strategy and calculation let's set the context first so these games are called rts or yeah. real time strategy and age of empires basically you start off with a small plot of land you small you start off with one man and like yeah. one one soldier and one civilian Mm. and you need to build like a whole empire or a kingdom right? out of that out of those people you're given like a town house and then you get one civilian and one army mm. to protect the town house mm. and you have to build an empire you have to build your own army resources your whole goddamn kingdom so to paint a picture for our dear listeners imagine you are like the puppet master where you have a bunch of people you have to assign different tasks to them so yeah. some people you assign to gather wood chop wood and gather wood yeah some other people you assign to uh, iron gathering iron ore iron ore and some uh, people are stone there. work food for food yeah agriculture and then gold gold yeah mining and then basically you're collecting all these resources in your town center and out of that you create your civilization yeah. you start building houses yes. uh, barracks you know hospitals or something like military that military resources you and build. you have to start creating your own army yeah. for self defense and the best part i used to like was the research center you had that research center mm. where you can do different researches mm. which will enhance your ability to produce better soldiers mm. produce better agriculture like uh, if you do a certain research mm. it will help you to create more produce out of your farms right better wood cutting abilities yeah. you're, you're upgrading your equipment of cutting wood and all yeah so i mean it's essentially you're running you're playing god you're playing god and it's also administration it is resource management because yeah when you have to build certain uh, military like equipments or weapons you need to make it out of stone iron copper yeah, you gold you get to know what it takes yeah but i mean realistically when you're playing the game the way it looks like is you have all these operations going on in parallel yeah like the same time there are a bunch of people gathering wood there are also other bunch of people who are working on building yeah important uh, installations for you yeah and at the same time you have to build out a fence yeah around your kingdom because at any Protection. point of time a rival kingdom might come and invade yeah with their army so you have to be prepared for that and like there are three major parts let me break it down one is administration yeah then there is defense mm. then you're creating at you know offense yeah resources or whatever you call it. basically you're offensive offense yeah so you're you're creating soldiers you're upgrading them you're upgrading your military equipment like a flamethrower or like a juggernaut or whatever right exactly and in age of mythology it becomes even more interesting because now you're creating gods and all so you're taking favors from gods yeah by making yourself eligible to get a favor from a god and when we say gods we're talking about greek gods like yeah. zeus, zeus or thor apollo apollo thor is not greek thor is a vikings god but you're right yeah yeah, yeah. a rare occasion where being brute gets to educate bogus nuke no and claps everyone else as well and uh, so you you get to take favors of these greek gods yeah. and the way it looks like is if you have an invading army and if you have enough eligibility to take his protection take his protection then if you use that yeah that god will rain down a thunderstorm yeah of boulders on that invading army and that just added that supernatural element to this game yeah but which was also very interesting but this is the kind of game where you just spent hours and hours like i said it's a game of patience yeah you know and the slow burn the basically. slow burn yeah. yeah 
So there were times where I would just get people busy and just sit and stare at them. It's not a lot of moment. Mm. It's all like you're just doing the mental math. Like, okay, this guy will take like 20 more minutes to get to this point. Mm. Then I'll do that. Mm. And, you know, you're all planning ahead. And in the meanwhile, you're going and checking out what other kingdoms are doing. You're sending out scouts. You're sending out scouts and getting their information. Yeah. And the thing I like about the game the most is the granularity at which they have created rules and yeah. established that. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Like, I think uh, that was the thing I liked the most. And also, it is a lot of thinking game and strategy, right? Like, yeah. you have to handle your resources, a lot of administrative stuff. I think at some point, uh, it rubbed off on me mm. where I started seeing the game in real-time scenario. Exactly, yeah. You yeah. know, I was in school when I started yeah. playing this. Yeah. So, you know, whenever there's an event or something that happens, you're all, already kind of doing the math. Mm. Like, oh, this is like Age of Empires. Now I have to get this event done. Or, you know, this is where I can see me contributing. You see all the small moving parts. Yeah. And yeah. you see how you can... And have you understand them. You understand the implication of what would this moving part lead to. Exactly. Or, yeah. So, yeah. yeah which, is, which is brilliant. It's a great skill to have. And I think that's a game that helps you first come to the concept of parallel processes or multitasking. Multitasking, yes. Analytics. Where you have to have multiple moving parts going on in your head and you have to stay on top of it. So, like you said, it's a game of managing resources, but not just that. It's also a game of managing time. Yes. Because you have to be, you have to get your timing right. 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 Because otherwise you're... You're going to be attacked relentlessly. You could get attacked and you could lose everything. It is also, by the way, it's also a lot of bureaucracy. I think Age of Empires at that point was also like an online game where you could see other empires, which were real-time players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you could go into them and ask for like information or you would scout their kingdom. Mm. And then you can decide, oh, if this guy is a strong guy, Mm. then I would want to create an alliance. So you protect me, I protect you kind of a thing. Yeah. And like you said, we used to play this back in school. Yeah. Now, you know where the level it has gone to, this this kind of game? Like there is a game called EVE Online. Mm-hmm. Okay, EVE Online, which is completely online game. Mm-hmm. It is set in the future, mm-hmm. sci-fi. It's all set in space where you have this massive... Planet uh, or space. Planets. Yeah. And you have these massive uh, spaceships. Yeah, you space know, stations. Space what stations, space yeah, that's stations. correct. Yeah. Space stations, which are like countries in themselves. Right. And when you get into the game, right, you start off with your own small fighter jet and you have to figure out gathering of resources, the same thing. Right. Then you have to get into alliances with people, fight others, get the spoils of war. Right. And they also have their own like stock market. You know, whatever resources are there, Hmm. there is an in-game stock market where the value of these resources keeps changing depending on you know and how many people are selling or buying oh, that yeah. It is oh yeah even in age of numbers you have that marketplace yeah where you have to wait for the time where the neighboring kingdoms are deficit of wood mm. and now you have a lot of wood mm. so you you become like the guy who can set the price yeah so so but it's a very very small part of the game yeah the majority of the game is administered like i said the three departments the other one is bureaucracy. In this game, it's a huge part of the game. In EVE yeah. Online, mm-hmm. the whole market thing and how value of different materials change. Yeah. In such a way that real life also people, they communicate to mm. plan, you know, battles. Like stock crash and all that. Is it? Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> they do in-game trading, like uh, insider trading and all yeah. that to bring down value. Yeah. But they also plan battles. Like mm. some battles on EVE Online have cost so much money. 
like real life war hmm. uh, pretty much their stock market apes right. real life stock market right. it is that complex hmm. and there are some battles that are have been so huge on eve online hmm. that you know there's a whole history about them like what happened <laughs> <laughs> like they, they, they become like a web series oh yeah pretty yeah. much and it's insane i think there might be a movie being made on the game as well mm-hmm but real time strategy is like fascinating bro because i think this is where it brings out the educational yeah. dimension of games absolutely absolutely And because there is another game called civilization which is like a heavy duty like hardcore game where you have to build a city hmm. but if you don't build it properly the infrastructure if you don't build public transport stations if you don't build a good network basically right. you can see that your public uh, transport is not working as efficiently it's not efficient yeah so it doesn't give you enough revenue not only also. revenue like you even get uh, dinged on people's morale mm-hmm. like if you don't build good enough stations or at enough points right yeah. their morale goes down mm-hmm. if you don't build major buildings with good plumbing hmm. that has an impact on the atmosphere hmm. like you have to right from plumbing to drainage of the city you have to plan the whole bloody thing yeah if you don't have enough public places yeah. for people to unwind hmm. that dings you on your metrics basically yeah. so you really have to plan out the city mm-hmm. in almost a perfect way but you also have to care for the people in the city you know right. you have to build it for them right and when we were talking about this i remember what you said you said that these games should actually be a part of you know students curriculum absolutely i think this is a very realistic way of application of skills right mm. i mean the problem i mean you know well check out our episode did we have an episode on education it's uh, called bad education bad education yeah. yeah uh the thing is a lot of the curriculum that we have today in schools especially is very theoretical Mm. and actually i in one of the companies that i was working in the induction process right when you're getting onboarded and getting trained for the job right there was this one activity where you form a team with this random people from different departments okay and you are given a task to run a city okay, okay. so you are taught about the metrics that help you run the city right. and you are given certain end goal mm. you're not even given an end goal it's just like you have to make the city profitable mm-hmm. right mm. and you have to do some exercises mm. uh, so you have to assign values to each metric mm. so that at the end your city is in a profit mode mm. okay and that's almost how the company used to work mm. that exercise was so brilliant because it was giving us hands on experience of okay this is what is needed for my company Mm. to like do well yeah so now i know where i play a part so in that process i was like dude if age of empires if i assign 50 marks for every student at the end of the year to say that you start the game on so and so time and you play it on premise mm. so that you don't have any control off off premise mm. so whenever you come to school there's a period allocated where you have to play the game for 60 minutes mm. at the end of the year depending on how well you performed mm. or you know built a city or society whatever the game requires mm. we'll assign you certain marks out of 50 or 100 whatever yeah what is happening is you as an individual at a very young age you are applying yourself at the broader scheme of things mm. and i think it has multiple branched out advantages you know yeah or you might actually become very analytical in nature you might get good with numbers you might understand stocks right right make it any game but make it something where kids can actually play it as a curriculum yeah because 
when it came to a game like age of empires like before i played it hmm. there was a way of thinking before playing that game and there was a whole different way of thinking after playing yeah. that game where before playing that game it was all linear like it was i'm just doing this one thing then i'll do that thing then yeah. i'll do this thing it was always sequential yeah but once you get to that game you see that oh you can do things in parallel yeah and you can also see how one thing can have impact on another thing yeah. basically you discover the interdependencies yeah between things which is how real life is everything is interconnected and once you get to appreciate that it gives you a whole new outlook on life and also that is real education the broader scheme of at things the, end of the, yeah. the broader scheme of things and on one level it not only increases your exposure but i feel that it also increases your sense of ownership you yeah. know accountability accountability you feel responsible because you can see immediate consequences yeah to what you're doing if you did not resource gather in an optimal way you'll always find that you're not able to build some important things because you've fallen short yeah and now you have to sit and wait for these people to go and gather wood for you because you didn't you didn't plan it out yeah and now because of that wastage of time you're getting invaded yeah and you're losing people you're losing your buildings you're losing a lot yeah that you actually put a lot of effort on when you say that i remember you know every time i used to under prepare an attack i used to get so annoyed yeah you know like i only send like 10 archers 20 foot soldiers and yeah. two juggernauts and then when they actually go and attack they're getting killed like ants yeah in in matter of seconds and you're like shit i underestimated this i thought this was enough and then you are like oh shit i just lost all these guys yeah th- that's when you realize the value of like cavalry for yeah. example if you don't exactly. have cavalry the speed at which a cavalry moves yeah um that's it gives you certain military edge. advantage right but you still need slow moving things like trebuchets and all these things and and also the role of each and every you know unit mi- unit right yeah. like why do you need like a foot soldier why do you need an archer like for where do you use an archer versus a foot soldier yeah it's not like what we see in movies right it's so different it's it's i think it's very realistic that way the calculations that are made mm. are so realistic that oh you are like oh i'll just shoot from the far i'll have 100 archers and I'll keep shooting from the far mm. and then you realize archers are useless the moment foot soldiers reach you exactly right when it comes to like hand to hand combat yeah the thing i like about this also is it's a fair paced game what i mean by that is it only gets tougher depending on your performance mm. it's not like i just go to a level and i just became the game became very tough true so that tempo of the game is also something i really like and it's not a game which gets over if you just even if you want to sit and play 24/7 for one month it's not necessary you will finish the game and when you look at strategy games you also have something like minecraft you know where you're not necessarily i mean in that also you get invaded but it doesn't really work on that principle minecraft is simply you're in a world and you have to just keep building out of these blocks and you same thing you can research some stuff you can build uh stuff of more durability more strength etc mm-hmm. but it's all about mining these blocks mm-hmm. and there are different kinds of blocks like diamond blocks gold blocks or whatever mm-hmm. and then you build structures it's more like you're playing Lego. architecture okay <laughs> you know you're like playing architecture like there are people who've made villages mm-hmm. there are people who made cities hmm. out of minecraft and there are people who just focus on just making a very nice functional house for themselves yeah. with just a fence around it and you know uh, there are some chickens to give you eggs constantly you have some sheep you have some horses yeah the camper category of 
RTS. I mean, it's it's not really camper because you do have some uh, danger in that as well. Because every now and then there are some creatures that can come near you and explode mm. or damage your property or whatever. Basically, whatever you're building, right, in Minecraft, you have to make sure there is light around it. Mm-hmm. If you leave anything in darkness, mm. that's where it attracts all the creepy crawlies. I haven't played Minecraft. I know, but even I've not played. But I've watched, you know, the gameplay. <laughs> oh. So, because that's easier. Like, mm. if you have to play it, now it's a much harder thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, so that was about real-time strategy games. And I do agree that there's, there would be a huge value in inculcating them into some academic curriculum. Yeah. Rather than having this stigma of oh, all games are like time-waste, it's way better than some of the bullshit that is there in their usual syllabus. Yeah, 100 times better. Anything which is having a practical implication, I think, has is much better than textbooks. Yeah, then, of course, like you asked, like the game that I mostly ended up gravitating to are role-playing games. Mm-hmm. You know, role-playing games are, for anyone who doesn't know, imagine a very engaging movie that you're completely immersed in. James Bond. If that is the one for you. For the sake of explanation. For the sake of uh, yeah, example. Now, if that is what does it for you in movies, now, if you had a chance to actually be James Bond and go through that world and interact with people and fight the fight scenes and all that stuff, it just increases that level of engagement because you're actually living through the movie now, you know, and it's not, you're not just passively observing a movie play by, you're actually moving things, you're more heavily engaged into it. So role-playing games are actually set in these worlds with a storyline, a narrative, plot, characters. It's pretty much like a extremely well-made movie but with higher engagement yeah, because you're in it. You live it. You live it. And, you know, sometimes the things that you retain from these games are way more than what you retain from movies as well because... You're living it. Some of my favorite, you know, role-playing games have been games like Oblivion, Skyrim, Fallout 3, and uh, Witcher 3, of course, where there's a whole lot involved. It's not just getting from point A to point B. They include like ethical dilemmas. There's also first-person shooter games which almost border the role-playing kind of uh, uh, characteristic, which is there's one game called Bioshock. Mm -hmm. It's one of my most like favorite games of all time where the game starts with you in a plane and the plane suddenly crashes into the ocean. You're trying to survive. There's no survivors at all. You are the only survivor. You try to look around and you see in the water there is a tower jutting out. Mm-hmm. all of a sudden and there's a light on top so naturally you swim to that and you open the door there's a door in the tower when you go into it you see that it's actually an entryway to a underground city mm-hmm. and there is a an elevator that you sort of can go underwater and when you go to that wa- underground right you see as soon as you go down under the surface you see the entire city open up in front of you and it's like a whole city someone built mm. under the water and The story of this city is that there was a billionaire who got fed up with bureaucracy and restriction like ethics, ethical restrictions and all that. He was like capitalism. He he was like, if you have the money, you should go for it. Uh, You should not let ethical dilemmas stop you from progressing in science. You know, Mm. man was not built to be restricted. Mm. Man was built to realize his true potential, you know, Mm. that kind of a billionaire, basically. Mm. 
he went and he built this whole underground city he selected a bunch of um select people from society mm. and he gave them the chance to join him in mm. the city so the best of actors artists uh, engineers doctors you know all walks of life basically and they flourished mm. underwater because there were no ethical restrictions there were no political this things it was all clear cut hierarchy and everyone had their own role in the society it's a very iron randian um world world mm. you know it's ins- directly inspired by iron rand kind mm. of books but ultimately what happens is because of their unrestricted scientific development right they end up creating monsters they become that actually they, they become monsters they end up uh, doing research on because they wanted to they were not happy with just being men mm. and women they wanted to go beyond that so they end up creating these potions mm. where if you inject them into your body mm. you get to create lightning from your hand mm. or you get to develop telekinesis mm. with one or you get to shoot fire mm. from your hand so for them it was like progress but as that went on the whole structure of the society started to crumble mm-hmm. you know because people's baser instincts yeah started coming out mm. and it was very easy to now manipulate these people into doing whatever you wanted yeah so just like in iron rand books mm. you have a antagonist yeah. who uses that to manipulate these people right and basically everything crumbles down and these people become like mutants yeah. hmm. kind of so when you go down there it's a first person shooter you're going through the game shooting and killing all these mutants hmm. but then there is this main storyline as well where you keep hearing through the uh, intercom radio you keep hearing this billionaire you know talking to you and taunting you it's hmm. like oh look at this some intruder has come in hmm. and basically i don't want to spoil it but there's a whole lot of philosophy and questions of ethics and can we really live unrestricted like that mm. like how does that look it's really a next level kind of game bro and for a guy who just wanted to get into it to play just play shoot shoot and yeah. first person you get exposed to like the schools of thought it's as good as reading an iron rand book mm. i mean if for a small kid right you're exposed to those ideas mm. of if you want to be selfish how selfish can you be right if you want to be individualistic right what is the limit of that yeah you know at some point do you still have to should you consider other people yeah. or not yeah i get this point because i think one of the things that i remember observing is when you look at a hardcore gamer and especially in this category right who mm. play these saga games yeah. where you have like huge storyline and and there are people who kind of like breeze through these games like in weeks yeah yeah right and if you look at those guys right it's almost like first of all these guys look way smarter than you and mm. an average person mm. is something about them playing these games in and out is as if like they've been enlightened mm. they're very calm they're not people of many words mm. they're simple but i like the word that you used for that you peaceful radicals yeah 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 they're just hippies which are turned like dialed down a lot more mm. uh also they're like guys who look like i know what's behind all this nonsense right nothing can face them you can't face these guys easily mm. with glitter glamour they don't fall for that shit and they have some really really borderline ideas about society mm. about life in general and all which kind of makes you think like how did this guy come down to this point yeah right he doesn't look like a guy who might be thinking on these lines other thing that i felt was these guys ask very tough questions 
you yeah. know when you tell your story or when you're just having like a normal conversation where they're just aloof they're around you they suddenly pop up this question and you're like dude that's a very tough question to answer like how did you think of it mm. you're almost in admiration that oh what a great question types all these things put together you which is why i said that right the demeanor is very peaceful yeah but the thinking is so radical they're If this is what will happen to a guy who played the game, imagine the guy who made the game. How radical he must be. How right. wild he must have been. Right. Right. So I get the point as to how these games can actually make you think in the right way. Mm. Or at least start making you think. Yeah, because these games, they put you in that gray area. Yeah. And they make you choose. Yeah. You could either go, let's say, I'm using air quotes, like morally right. Mm. Or you could go morally wrong. Yeah. because in bioshock the potions that i told you about yeah. right they basically are all made from an uh, ingredient called adam mm-hmm. okay and adam is a liquid that is sourced by these small girls mm-hmm. who are not human anymore okay basically they have mutated okay but you source they source the adam mm-hmm. and these girls are protected by something called Eve. a big daddy Okay. you know so uh-huh. there's like a huge uh, entity uh-huh. in a mechanic suit uh-huh. and basically it's not even human but if you get anywhere near that girl right uh-huh. this big daddy suddenly goes berserk uh-huh. and it's one of the toughest things to kill in that game uh-huh. like you're pretty much going to die okay so you get chances in the game where you are having that girl in your hand uh-huh. if you harvest the, the adam from the girl right uh-huh. the girl dies uh-huh. but you get so much adam that you can get all of these parts hmm. and you can basically upgrade multiple levels right but if you choose not to do that hmm. and if you choose to save the girl hmm. then all you see is the girl thanks you and she escapes into that tower one of the holes like right. uh, the underground city has some holes and all that. ventilators and all that mm-hmm. she basically escapes into that hmm. So you don't get an immediate reward hmm. for that action. Hmm. So would you still continue to do that? Yeah. Or would you rather go for the more practical thing thinking, "Ah, it's just a game. I'm just playing a game. So let me just get the item." Yeah. yeah, it's not a real girl. Yeah. So it puts you in those situations. And there's another first person shooter which is like a legendary game. It's called Mass Effect 2. Mhm. It's pretty much like you are in Star Trek. Hmm. It's set in the future space. You play this commander hmm. and uh, you have your own spaceship, you have your team of people. And in that world basically there's one central power which is made up of multiple races. Humanity is only one part of it. And then that brings about ambiguities in racism and you know how you mix with other cultures and also there is one part of the human group which is radical part hmm. which believes that no we are human we should be ruling the whole thing. Right. At any means, you know. It reminds me of that what is that what is that series that you told spoke about Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, that is something else. <laughs> yeah. But the reason why like you said these people appear different or they appear enlightened to some extent or whatever right mm. it's pretty much because these games these role playing games especially if you play the well made games it's like reading a book mm-hmm. reading a book forces you to come across many different perspectives mm. and questions of ethics and you know what is right what is wrong and uh, new information like learning about cultures learning about different ways of thought and etc So pretty much for anyone for whom like reading a book is like oh god who's going to yeah, I can't read a, I can't read a book but if they pick up the right game hmm. it is like going through a good yeah. book and they come out of it changed 
I think we're proving that video games has a lot more to offer. It's just about the right video game. Yeah, and and also the advantage of this is because it is virtual, mm-hmm. right? In your own life, let's say you're not playing games, you're not watching or you're not reading books. You don't have the opportunity to benefit from someone else's experience knowledge. or someone else's knowledge. Yeah. Right? So you don't get to learn any lessons that way. If all you're doing is hoping to learn lessons from your own life, mm-hmm. it's going to be a pretty one dimensional yeah. and piss poor quality of life you know then all you're hoping to do is make mistakes in your own life suffer the consequences of that and then be like oh i learned a lesson now and you can't even do anything because yeah. your age is past <laughs> you will be the camper yeah basically you will be the camper you will yeah. you'll only make mistakes in a very controlled safe environment which will not teach you much where pretty much you're not making any mistake it's because you're like, too yeah, scared yeah. to even make mistakes now you play safe because oh shit i'm already 45 years old i'm right. already 55 years old i can't be adventure revealing your age bogus don't put out real no come on facts. i i never said 85 so i still i'm still okay so you know okay stop revealing half of your age okay <laughs> right these games you get to experience things that you wouldn't in your normal life and there is an advantage to that because in your real life you really find out more about yourself in extreme intense situations adversity adversity and real life adversity has real consequences yeah but in a game you don't have any of the consequences but you get go through those virtual experiences of intensity and then if you are playing a well made game it forces you to confront that situation hmm. and then you have to make a choice like what would you do in this situation games like witcher 3 etc whenever you come across and deliberately they've created many ambiguous situations where you have to make a decision to go one way or the other even in mass effect 2 hmm. you have to make a decision to go one way or the other and depending on what decision you take the whole game changes hmm. right like relationships with characters around you yeah that changes like if you make the wrong decision you get to see the change yeah and you get to see the negative impact witcher 3 is actually like i said one of the best games ever made mm-hmm. and the witcher world is like just to briefly summarize it right witchers are guys who right from childhood they were forcefully mutated mm-hmm. with potions and all kinds of uh, dark arts dark arts because in that world there were monsters and supernatural kind of uh, creatures that regular humans could not confront right so you had to create a stronger kind of uh, personality yeah to be able to overcome and kill them basically it's the 11th century terminator yeah so when you become a witcher you get certain powers like you get to use fire hmm. you get to use a force field to protect yourself you get to use the power of persuasion hmm. like if i use that power of persuasion on you i can make you agree to whatever i want basically hmm. So there are these different powers that they get and also when you're fighting a certain creature mm. where you know that they secrete poison that actually could kill any normal guy mm. before you get into such a fight you actually drink potions mm-hmm. you know that give you that resistance immunity to poison immunity to poison but also that kind of makes you inhuman mm-hmm. so what happens to these boys is through all these dark arts right they become very inhuman mm-hmm. and they are actually shunned by the same society right that they protect right so the society looks at them like ah oh, this guy is just only money yeah they don't care about anything else just their money 
because they lose all kind of emotion they lose sentiments. all kind of sentiments yeah. sensitivity i also watch the series no but in the game which mm. is based on a series of books actually mm-hmm. butchers are these kind of characters and the main character is a peculiar kind of guy where not only is he one of the best witchers going around but he's also has some humanity mm. you know left in him that shows through his actions basically he empathizes with his he can empathize yeah. and he understands right from wrong right. you know all that stuff and so these role playing games like oblivion and skyrim which are also set in su- supernatural kind of worlds and witcher you have one main quest that is the main storyline right. of the game but you also have a lot of side quests hmm. so you can either choose to go through the main quest and finish it off but that would be like a very unidimensional experience mm-hmm. what i prefer to do and many other gamers also prefer to do is you finish off all the side quests first and then you finish the ultimate game with the main quest mm-hmm. so the side quests are nothing but every village that you visit mm. it has a public square mm. and on the public in the public square there's like a notice board and different people put up notices like uh, a bunch of miners are not able to mine in a cave because there is a griffin which mm. is a huge supernatural monster, monster yeah. in that cave and it is killing people So now they are contracting for a witcher so mm. you get to go there kill the monster mm. get the money mm. sometimes it is as simple as that mm. go kill the monster earn your money and come back other times it becomes like you get embroiled in these convoluted you know like complicated uh, ambiguous uh, ethical situations mm-hmm. there are two families that are fighting and there will be some supernatural element but you also have to kind of be like a detective mm-hmm. so part of the witcher's work is also he's a very good detective mm-hmm. so they give them their own versions of the story and as you're investigating the story it starts unraveling and you find that their version was not actually not the truth mm-hmm. and they end up putting you in a lot more danger than you anticipated mm-hmm. so how do you react to that and how do you react to the ambiguous situations like especially in witcher 3 right there was one mission called bloody baron mm mm-hmm. where there is a baron of a village who is known alcoholic and he tells this witcher that uh, my wife ran away hmm. it starts that way and i have no peace or whatever so this guy starts investigating and he sees evidence for domestic abuse mm-hmm. like he sees that maybe this guy hit his wife mm-hmm. and he had a daughter as well and so the story starts think opening up like did this guy really hit his wife mm-hmm. and did he do something to the daughter mm-hmm. did he really tell you the truth mm-hmm. and they treat it very seriously you know like domestic abuse and all that stuff and then there's also a supernatural element where there was a baby that was killed off hmm. and when this guy confronts the baron about all this then he opens up about the real story about actually what happened hmm. and uh, what his dilemma is hmm. basically this quest is so famous because by the end of it right it actually makes you cry Mm-hmm. you know like literally this it's so well done mm-hmm. that you feel emotional because of like what you went through and i just don't want to spoil it but it's not just that you know like these games are so well made that apart from the fighting apart from the side quests and storyline and all that they're so beautiful mm-hmm. sometimes you'll just find yourself on your horse going off to like a lake mm-hmm. and there's a beautiful tree and there's a huge moon and throughout the game there is serene music playing and mm-hmm. these games have some of the best music yeah you just chill there you know you just sit and you just admire the scenery mm. and the calmness in nature mm. even though it is fake virtual nature yeah but you can't help but just you wish it was true you wish it was true you just sit and you just take in the atmosphere you know mm. 
especially a game like uh, Oblivion or Skyrim there was a composer the guy who composed that music right just before he got into composing for this game he got into a horrible accident mm-hmm. road accident mm-hmm. where he almost lost his life now when he survived from that he came back and composed music from this game his music is so hauntingly beautiful mm. that even after playing the game and being done with it just want to go back for the music i'm not the only guy on spotify you know oblivion soundtrack skyrim soundtrack mm. witcher 3 soundtrack mm. there are thousands of people hundreds of thousands of people who just keep listening to the music because mm. it not only reminds them of the game of that world and of that you know the moments that you experienced mm. through the game and w- how it made you feel but also the music in itself is so beautiful and the other part of this game which for people who are more observant you know it is because these worlds are so immersive and you feel like you are in a world but ultimately you are also in a game that is made by other humans like other developers now you know this whole talk about how are we living in a simulation or not you know is this really real what is really real right how much of it is just a mental construct mm. you can sort of play around with those concepts or you can understand those concepts better when you play these role playing games mm. because like the real world these games also have their own limitations mm. they have their own weird ways of working where you know like if there was a certain monster that is so tough to kill you would not know how to kill that thing you would keep dying again and again so then you go online mm. to see if there's any tips about that then people say oh this is just the way the game was designed so for this to kill this monster you have to jump twice on this stone you have to jump on this level yeah. then you have to jump up and kill so you start learning the rules of the world basically right. as the designers made it and there's no you can't argue against mm. any of that you know that's just the way the world rules was made rules of engagement No is this the way the world was made you know just like in our real world nature has its own sets of rules that you can't argue against right you have to comply the same thing within the game as well and these games tend to have like a map hmm. of area that you can explore like city to city village to village and basically the map always has limits beyond certain this thing hmm. so if you go if you keep pushing beyond those maps boundaries right you see how the game physics kind of break yeah and you see weird shit happening in front of your screen that's just because the developers did not maybe think that anyone would even come this far right you know so there you start to see the hologram hmm. breaking the simulation breaking the matrix is coming apart basically right so you can sort of correlate that with this whole simulation theory as well there's also a fact that just the way game mechanics work right is there is something called draw distance okay so for gamers sorry for game developers mm. especially in these role playing games where they have to construct whole cities while you're playing the game if you're standing in one point of the city right mm. it is waste of resources computer resources for them to render everything right you know so up until some distance itself they actually render that thing right beyond that it's just a picture right so as you keep going towards that right what is behind you becomes a picture or picture, something yeah. and the real world starts rendering in front of you right. as you go right because there is no cpu there is no processor that can handle at once real right. render of right. the whole world right it cannot handle that so game developers use this to create that immersion but sometimes you know when you go too fast or when you go there are ways you can try to break it hmm. and you see that thing also breaking so if you look at that in real life like in 
in terms of simulation mm. if you are like sitting in a train mm. and you'll see the world going past you you know you have that experience right yeah. of relative experience as if like you are still and everything else is moving yeah you are still yeah. the world is moving yeah and that's actually what happens in game design in game design when you see a character that is running through a village right hmm. in reality that guy that character is running in one spot yeah it is that entire village that's that moving the, around that the de- developers are moving around right and i could never figure that out you know that hmm. because i was like it wouldn't be easier to build the world hmm. and make this guy run through it right does it have to be this way where in reality the character is running in one spot as if he's on a treadmill hmm. but the world is moving and turning according to him it is also that age old thing right like you remember how in the early 60s and 70s hmm. if they had to record like a moving car scene hmm. how they would put a screen in the back yeah yeah and yeah. make that screen rear projection yeah rear yeah. projection so i think it's always easier right that's the analogy that i have because if your focus is the subject mm. it's always easier to control the subject rather than the rest of the thing mm. right so you control the subject and everything around it can keep changing or revolving true now if you think about in terms of simulation here in our real life mm-hmm. you know we are sitting inside a room right now what is outside the room mm. is there an outside to the room does it appear only when we step out mm. I mean of course we know because there are people outside other people there are other people etc right but if you go far back enough hmm. like uh, because the of the, because of the internet hmm. now we know that while we are moving around here someone else in spain also is moving around because you can right. instantly access it correct but if you go even far back huh. like into the space huh. then what is happening you know is there draw distance being worked there like beyond what we can see what we can move is there something completely i think it's already proven working differently i think isn't it theoretically proven like shankaracharya already told that whatever is perceivable mm. imagination mm. is what is your reality yeah perceivable imagination is the world so if you can perceive how water looks as droplets mm. then that's your reality but say can you perceive how water is at a molecular level no it's not your reality so i correlate what you say as a theory because i think it's more or less the same like can you perceive life in mars mm. you can't you can't yeah right so it's not your reality is there a possibility of life on mars it can be Mm. just because you can't perceive it doesn't mean it doesn't exist so it can be the day you understand that the day you see it because mm. we are dumb enough that we don't have strong aptitude or mental ability that we can perceive things mm. we only we have to at least see it once to be able to perceive mm. right so the day say you actually see it that's when you can be like okay fine you know what yeah the reality is people can live on mars mm. yeah and especially these role playing games right like yeah like i was saying because it's closest to real life yeah bec- and like how they are built with their own rules like how nature has its own rules these yeah. developers build uh, the world with their own rules right almost every popular role playing game you have a bunch of people online who share hmm. the ways they have broken the game hmm. you know like the ways that they have gone past yeah some yeah. barriers yeah how they did that just out of sheer curiosity or just that kida yeah you know that people yeah. have and that is something that i really like about some people in general where they just try to go for get it. through the hack even though there is no reason for them to be doing something right hmm. they just try to do it anyways to see what happens like in witcher i mean you can go beyond the drawn boundary. map hmm. boundary 
in multiple directions yeah but what happens in almost all the directions that you go either on in land or sea hmm. you directly respawn Is this back a loop you either respawn back into the city hmm. first you get a notice that's saying you know don't go beyond this there's only monsters or something hmm. and if you still keep going the game reloads or you just respawn back into the city hmm. but there is one point only one point where you get to keep going on horseback more and more and more you go past a uh, land and then you start riding on desert sand hmm. and then you keep going past that then you come across these two big hills hmm. mountains and there is a narrow valley between those mountains mm. then you ride past that then you see on the other side of that there is just a single uh, monument kind of thing mm-hmm. and when you go it's like an archway mm-hmm. and when you go near that you see there is a huge frame mm. and that frame is nothing but a digital photo of all the witcher developers mm-hmm. you know so it, and they it are is the gods of the game and it's only accessible through that one area mm-hmm. So for someone to have found it right hmm. they should have tried going so many different ways so many different ways they should have tried going beyond the map yeah. and there is no reward for this <laughs> you know but still it's pointless it is just the kida that people have yeah. and developers know this as well yeah. and that's why they put it in that one spot so that if when someone finds it it's like a wow moment you know yeah. like i found this thing that they left us which is a fear you know that i have what if after all this there is no point what is if it's just one guy showing off the simulation yeah i mean that could you know? be it could be the case but that's what makes it so interesting is that if you have a video game where human beings are so curious to go against the rules yeah to push the boundaries and see what's there on the other side then that's just our inherent quality it's our nature we just need a safer playground to do it and also less restrictions maybe or you know or you just have to maybe the guy who's playing us mm Yeah, he should be the one who should be like making us do it. Imagine if this is like a loop, right? Mm. What there is this game that uh, there is this movie that came, right? Of uh, Ryan Reynolds. It's coming out now. It's I coming think. out. It's yeah. about to come out where he's he's a video game character. Yeah, he's a character who's an inconsequential. What it's the called something NPC. Called NPC. Yeah. Right. Non-playable, Non-playable characters. characters. So. You know when you look at those kind of movies where suddenly that guy got a conscious and like no you know what I don't die in this yeah. and I want to do whatever I want to do yeah, yeah yeah right imagine we are the same he's been working on that movie for many years now yeah. and actually it's an interesting very interesting premise take, yeah and I'm waiting to see that actually yeah I like that guy's takes on this thing but whatever we are digressing again we are no no this is not a digression we let go the parcel section by the way guys But yeah. anyways <laughs> this is not a digression what i mean actually. is yeah. like you get the fractality of it right yes if we are doing it someone's do doing we, it to us do we know if that character has any emotions mm. he must be thinking the character must be thinking fuck dude i'm like the superpower guy figuring out potions and what whatever and what not mm. same thing is with gta mm. so if you put all the video games in one basket mm. it's parallel universe yeah because any video game can become any video game you know gerard butler the guy 300 he played yeah, yeah. i mean like, i knew him personally also yeah there was a movie that he uh, also was in called gamer mm-hmm. where it's a dystopian world in the future mm-hmm. where these guys have some chips implanted in their heads and they can get controlled by real life gamers mm-hmm. so there's oh, like yeah, a, i think i've seen it there's a teenage kid yeah who's playing like cord Huh. with Gerard Butler and some other guys uh-huh. they're all friends huh. but they get put into rival teams so right. in real life they have to kill each other yeah. because they are responding to these commands in right. through the chips and all that right that is one other movie 
that came out right. on that. Then, Even Wrecked Ralph was one such movie. Oh, I didn't watch that. It's a cartoon. Yeah, it's animation. Yeah, animation. Yeah. It's a pretty neat movie. You know, it's about they trying to save the game, the arcade games. Mm. So they get to know that all the people are not happy mm. uh, with Wrecked Ralph because Wrecked Ralph is very tough to beat. Mm. So obviously, the rest of the players don't like him. So after the lights go off, all these you know the apartment people mm. get together and party, but mm. they don't invite Wrecked Ralph ever. Okay. So he's always on the top. Mm. And their thing is like they're too designed to hate this guy, right? Mm-hmm. So even after office hours, they don't invite. They're polite to him and like okay, they know he's important for the game and all. So he escapes the arcade mm. because he wants to be a nice guy. Mm-hmm. And then goes on to a journey and then comes back right, whatever. Of course, hero's journey. Yeah. yeah. But you know all these things, right? All these things always it does make you wonder that what if we are a video game? Yeah, because that's the whole way fractality works. Right? Yeah. If you have a sub model, yeah, that then there is a mother model. There is a bigger model, and yeah. then there is a bigger model as well. Yeah. So that's what makes it so fascinating, and that's what I feel RPG games hmm. actually they invite you or they allow you to even comprehend these things. Actually, the way gamers play these games, the way game developers build hmm. these worlds, right? What kind of restrictions do they have? Hmm. And if that is a fractal thing, then what kind of restrictions are there in the mother model? You know, like the kind of things that these game developers have to do, like draw distance and all that stuff. It is an endless loop of video games. It's just a testament to in how many different ways video games can take your trigger you, trigger you, or you know, take trigger your thoughts basically. Yeah. yeah. And how much is embedded in video games, like from pure fun to purely educational and administrative even yeah which is so important for societies mm. to living experiences kind of experiences that you would get through books or good movies living experiences and learning lessons through a mode of entertainment and also being able to use it for your own personal development yeah like identifying flaws in yourself or flaws in the people around you i think you. the thought process Primarily, I think, you know, how you think about things. Yeah. Video games are a good testing ground for you to apply a certain mentality and see how you will, how will you do well, if that gives you happiness or not. As simple as camping gives you a lot of happiness, right? Mm. For instance, Mm. then you need to evaluate if that's the right happiness you want. Or even if that's the right game. First point is for idea. <laughs> yeah. Fruit Ninja is your game. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> like, don't play COD, Witcher and all that. Play Fruit Ninja, be happy. Alone in your room. Yeah. Cut fruits. Yeah. It's healthy. At mm. least virtually. But if you end up playing the game, if you end up making that choice, mm. right, I think you need to simplify things. My, I'm a big fan of doing the convention and figuring out, then figuring out how can I optimize or how can I, you know, improvise on this. Mm. But do the convention. If the game asks you to play the game in a certain way, just play that. After that, you decide how you want to improvise on it. And there is a deeper lesson in what you said, which is basically, if you're in like the corporate world, like what I tell my team is, this is a mini world that has its own set of rules and its own set of etiquettes and all that. If you think you're going to be the same guy in the office, outside the office, I'll just be myself, then you're a schmuck. Yeah. You know, that means you are not really smart. You are a fool because you need to recognize that these are mini worlds. Like your office world is one separate world. Yeah. Your home world is one separate world. Uh, whatever hobby and that you have. And it is not wrong. 
and there's I, nothing wrong I with think, it. I think the problem let is me, this. Let me finish okay. where I was kind of complimenting you. So <laughs> Okay, I apologize. Don't interrupt my yeah, compliments yeah, at least. Yeah, I apologize. It's, it's new for me. So I know. I so feel <laughs> a little awkward about it. <laughs> so basically, if you recognize that your office world is a mini world, and if you see that it works on its own rules, then you should be able to figure out what those rules are play that game according to its rules and yeah. get your success. Yeah. But if you're walking through all of these different worlds, just being like, you know, la 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 la, yeah. singing like, <laughs> I'm just me, I'm just myself. Like, go fuck yourself. Like, yeah. you're, a, you're a fool. Yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is that, like recognize exactly the convention I mean, or the rules of the thing that you're in. Yeah, the, uh, the reason I say convention is conventions are basically made from a school of thought. It's not done by one person. Rules can be made by one person you know yeah. which leads to a certain output or True. result right True, yeah so hence i use the word convention i'm very specific about it mm. once you have gone through the conventional aspect of it mm. i think then you are in a better understanding to actually figure out the need of improvisation if there is or not yes and to whether you fit that convention or you have to get out of the convention yes exactly right? so so that's the reason i say that and the other thing is Stop falling for this nonsense saying that be yourself. People should accept oh for whatever God. you are. You don't make the world, guys. Like You are not the world. You are the world for your own sweet heart or whatever. Just be the world there. Respect that, you know, this is in the greater scheme of things, your disobedience can cause a butterfly effect. You need to respect the bigger scheme of things. It's not how I'm so smart, Bogus, sometimes. I'm just shaking my head because you touched a nerve there. Yeah. <laughs> like, why don't people realize this? I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. Because people don't follow Tiger Podcast, you know. <laughs> that is why we say, subscribe and share, guys. I mean, the kind of shit that we are putting out there, honestly. No school, no college, no teacher, no parent. Teachers. No university. No university. Sorry, I missed out any of you. Yeah. No government school. <laughs> <laughs> no writings on the wall in a theater bathroom. None Speaking of, of which. Anyway, I'll leave that. <laughs> I'll leave that. Um, but yeah, I think uh, this is the takeaway. This is the takeaway. And it's I hope... Pretty interesting takeaway. I hope we've been able to demonstrate how video games are not just a time pass yeah. or like a fun thing. There's, it can be. It can but, be. But and that's can, a great thing about yeah, them. There's an icing on the cake that you need to look at also. But then there's the whole cake as well. Yeah. You know, and video games offer a whole lot more. Yeah. And uh, if anyone was convinced to get into any of these, then I would just say watch the time. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> don't end up spending too much yeah. time like you have to keep a control on the time you spend on it but definitely the value you get out Burn of them is, yeah the value you get out of them is worth it with that we end our two-part special on all about video games and why we feel they are so so special what did you think we'd love to hear your thoughts on this Write into us with your favorite games or especially what you took away from your favorite games and why you like them so much. Mindthygap at gmail.com. That's where there's no character limit. That's where there's no dopamine hits. None of that distracting bullshit. Just your thoughts to our spam folders. <laughs> <laughs> I thought your thoughts and our judgments. Yeah, and our judgments as well. Yeah. You know, um, The spam folder itself. Imagine like reading the menu like <laughs> camper. <laughs> <laughs> bitch 
we'll make sure our judgments are clearly audible to you guys through and our podcast yes. yeah we, we believe in transparency transparency of course yeah absolutely so like always bro what do we say mind thy gap to <laughs> <laughs> what do you say is not to yeah thy gap subscribe and share <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening. You can follow this podcast on Spotify to get notified of new episodes every Thursday. We're also on Apple Podcasts for those of you who have partaken in the forbidden fruit. If you liked what you heard, leave us a five-star rating and a comment. Say anything like the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. A rating and a comment really helps us out. It's free, and I'm told that's a great price. But enough about us, huh? Tell us about yourself. Leave us a comment. Our Twitter is at thigap and we are underscore thigap on Instagram.